The following was recorded in front of a live studio audience at the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe. This is the United Podcast Network. Welcome to this week's episode of The Ashholes, broadcast live from the Serena Royale stage at the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe. It's time to kick back and light up as we turn this Wednesday into Ash Wednesday. We are always entertaining, generally unscripted, and always totally unfiltered. You can stream and download us on iHeartRadio, Facebook, YouTube, iTunes, Podbean, Spotify, and of course at theashholes.net. And be sure to follow us on Twitter at theashholes and on Instagram at ashholesradio. Today I'm here with my co-host Aaron. Stu is away, so we have Mr. Jonathan in the producer's booth. Yo, yo, yo. Apologize to everybody for that. We couldn't help it. You're starting off early, huh, Aaron? (laughs) Going right for the jugular. That's our role. And changing the topic as quickly as possible. Today we are smoking the Spirit of Art, uh, number 54 Toro by Cuba Rica. And it is a uh, very nice uh, light cigar. It seemed to have been like on a... uh, uh, Maduro Terre. Maduro yeah. Terre, yeah. And especially with the San Andreas, it seems yeah. like everything. So we had to go back to something creamy, Yeah, we got to mild. be more intentional about working in some, you know, Connecticut's. Right, right. So that's what we're smoking today. Uh, how was your Father's Day, Aaron? I know you don't, you're not a father yourself, nope. but you have no, a father. No, but you're kind of a mother. Ooh, <laughs> there we go. Shut your mouth. <laughs> Ow. <laughs> talk about Shaft? No. Um, <laughs> Yeah, it was low key. I mean, the, these kind of holidays, you know, you know, my family doesn't do anything huge, no big dinners. Huge. Yeah, you know, get my, get my father a gift and What'd shake you get his him? hand and get him anything uh, good. Record socks. Yeah, you got him a record. A record. Uh, Led Zeppelin, I believe it was. Led yeah. Zeppelin, like yeah. an actual record. Yeah, yeah vinyl. vinyl, vinyl record. Yeah. What one did you get? Uh, one of the Led Zeppelin. I couldn't remember which one off the top of my head. Just some. Led I get Zeppelin him a lot of records. Album. It's a lot of a lot of vinyls. Does he collect? So. Uh, I wouldn't say collect, but he's, you know, Doesn't listens to it else. in the summer and stuff like that. Yeah, it's a, you know, we got him a, a record player years ago. Uh, and so just kind of building up his collection as we go along. So I follow your dad on social media and yep. he is a riot. Mm. <laughs> very wry sense of humor. Yep. Very much about uh, the pun, mm-hmm. play on words. Very funny. Sometimes I, he catches me off guard and I laugh out loud. <laughs> yeah. He's caused me to spit my coffee out before. <laughs> Very funny. Yep. And, I, and I've known him for 37 years. I've known him for 35 years. So. <laughs> <laughs> I win. Yeah. Wow. Well, I didn't, I didn't have to get him anything for Father's Day. So. Well, yeah. there you go. How was your Father's Day, Jonathan? I got the uh, thing I wanted, which was the kid to call. She called from Australia. Nice. And uh, that was all I wanted for Father's Day, and I got it. I didn't even have to ask for it. It was good. That's always awesome. How was your Father's Day, Dan? My Father's Day was good, too. My daughter uh, out in California called, and that was fantastic, too. We had a nice uh, video Skype together. The other two daughters, you know, the way we, the way I uh, set it up was I told them they were going to buy me cigars. And by that, I meant I was going to go out and buy me cigars. Mm-hmm. And then I was going to make a list of chores that they were going to do <laughs> on Father's Day to Love. earn the money to pay for the cigars. There you go. So, so needless to say, really well. your car's been waxed and the floor is clean. The yes, bathrooms are The bathrooms are, are clean. The kitchen is clean. Living room. Yep. All that. It was really good. Nice. It lasted about, you know. Eight hours. That's how it and goes, then, yeah. then the bomb happened But again. it's eight hours but, of... But it was good. Done. It was good. 
Now, for the folks at home that aren't smoking the cigar, if you get your hands on a Spirit of Art, you'll notice the wrapper is as close to flawless as you can get for natural tobacco leaf. Mm. There is almost no veins. It looks almost like uh, they use a technique of rolling the veins out, which is they, they lay the tobacco down and they just use a rolling pin or a glass bottle just to mush those veins out to make that wrapper as smooth as possible. And I'm, I'm hard-pressed to even find the seam where the wrapper overlaps. It's that thin and that delicate. Yeah, it's very, he's, uh, you know, very true there. The, the wrapper is flawless on my, I can't yeah, find the very seams. Smooth. I, I, well, I can see the seams. I don't know what, you guys just need your eyes checked, but <laughs> I mean, but they're not like popping out. It's <laughs> no, and it's just got this great oily sheen to it. It's, it's, it's nice. not really the, hidden. The wrapper is really smooth. It's not that it's hidden, but you can barely, I mean, you have to catch it in the right light to see that. Yeah, I suppose seam. if I turn the, if I hold in it fairness, straight up and down. In you fairness, you guys it, yeah. are on a stage under spotlights. That's true. Yeah. So you have a better lighting than I have. <laughs> I'm back here in the shadows. I've got to turn the cigar to be able to see that where scene. Where he's most comfortable. Yes. <laughs> I disagree. I'm most comfortable in the spotlight. I should have made you guys come down here, and I should have been up there, the star of the show. Uh-huh. Chilling like a villain down there in the shadows. Right. There. Yeah. So it's an Ecuadorian Connecticut wrapper, and the binder and filler are not disclosed. And it is a seven and three quarters by 54 ring gauge. It's mm-hmm. called the SOA 54. And uh, just. I'm, I'm a little tired of people not disclosing their filler information. I am totally with you on that. Like, what the hell? Who the hell is going to try to duplicate it at this point? I mean, and then, you, and then go out of their way to say, I mean, Spirit of Art is it's not a very well known cigar. It's available in about 50 retailers' shops across the country. <clears throat> if somebody did duplicate it, how are they going to get everybody in the country to know that that's the cigar they copied? Well, not to mention that, but you know how hard it would be to actually duplicate the same exact flavor? Because you'd have to get the same farm. I mean, even if you have the same strand of tobacco, it's like you're not going to get it from the same farm, the same conditions, all the treatment. It's insane. Like, you're not going to be able to do it. I completely agree with you. Yeah. This seems to be a growing trend to not say where things are from. And it, it just, it boggles my mind. It makes it so hard to really talk about. The only and time it makes sense is if it's secretly Cuban. I'm not naming any names, but there might be some secret Cuban in some of these. Well, I think that's <laughs> what people automatically assume. Well, they, it, it, that's, what the, that's what the person who makes the cigar wants you to assume. Yeah, Is right. that it must be Cuban. Otherwise, why, would, why wouldn't they tell you? And there's some stigma around this cigar is made in Costa Rica. Mm-hmm. There's a stigma yep. with cigar makers around Costa Rican tobacco, like it's not as good as the other countries. And I've smoked cigars that are Costa Rican puros, and they're delicious. Mm. So there's nothing wrong with having Costa Rican tobacco. Yeah. But I know the blender here, uh, Stephen says there's no Costa Rican tobacco, and he makes it a point to say it like Costa Rican tobacco is a bad thing. Yeah. Well, it's mm. like saying it's there's it's not Mexican, you know, tobacco. <laughs> it's San Andreas. You call it Mexican, everybody's like, oh, garbage. Yeah, maybe it does have Costa Rican tobacco, and he's not telling us. Yeah. I don't know. I don't just know. call it but something it else. It does. I, that, yeah, yeah, I'm totally the with you Costa on that. Rican, Rican, Costa Rican tobacco is just codenamed undisclosed, and so that's where maybe that's what it is. is. Conspiracy theory. <laughs> Code name. It's like San Andreas is Mexican. Costa Rican is undisclosed. Secret, but you know it. It, it does. It, it, to me, it doesn't add any kind of allure to the cigar. It's just we're not going to tell you where it's from. I mean, like we don't, like we can't know. I, I never choose a cigar based on what's in it. You know, right? It's, it's like oh, afterwards smoking it, like oh yeah, okay, I could taste that maybe. But it's like it doesn't. It's not a selling factor for me. Mm. Well, the the um, 
you know, the original, you know, as I smelled the cigar and, and drew, did the cold draw before I uh, lit it up, it was very creamy, very nutty, had a great draw to it. Once I lit it up, I got this real feeling right away of, of a black pepper. Yeah. Yeah. A lot the, of pepper. On the retro. There was kind of a citrusy tinge to it too. Yeah. What are you, what are you I was trying to, to, you know, it was, it was a very familiar flavor and I was trying to put my finger on it, that, that citrusiness. Um, but I kind of settled back to uh, kind of a nutty earthiness. So mm-hmm. if you think of like a roasted peanut or a peanut that still has that little black, brown, dark brown film on it, mm-hmm. it's kind of like that part that where skin, it's like yeah. it's more earthy than just regular peanuts, um, but not quite, you know, full nuttiness. Yeah, yeah I'm not getting any of that crap. What I'm candy going, are you getting? You're there, getting Jonathan, right? I'm going uh, <laughs> with uh, a s- initial... On the very, very first light, I got a, a note of tarragon, which has a little bit of an anise, uh, licorice kind of taste to it, a little dry white wine, and a very, very subtle cinnamon and clove on the finish. And this cigar is mild enough. I'm able to retrohale it, and when I do retrohale it, I get a little bit more on the finish of that cinnamon and clove, but uh, I'm not picking up any of the pepper. Dry white wine. Nobody's <laughs> tasting that. <laughs> Not in a You're not tasting it, but that's okay. <laughs> the clove, I'll agree with. The cinnamon, maybe somewhere in there. But dry white wine, my foot. <laughs> this would be... <laughs> this would be It's not so, my foot either. <laughs> th- this cigar would pair so well with, you know, a, a very classic roasted chicken. Mm, well, it does go well with a chicken. That, that, I, that was the first thing that popped in my head when I, I smoked it. It, was, it reminded me of roasted chicken, but I'm, it's not the exact... That's the tarragon, <laughs> which is a, a perfect there pairing is. with chicken. I, I wasn't arguing with I, the tarragon. I, I, I don't know. Tarragon. <laughs> I don't know. I'm, I'm not, but it did I'm make me think of roasted chicken right off the bat. So, but it, it would go well with the chicken. It's, it's hard two to, against three, to nail down it what not, well, element of it is. It can be two against three. That doesn't mean the one is wrong. It kind of does. No, I don't think so. Two against three. What are, where are you getting these numbers? <laughs> well, you and I both agreed on the chicken and the tarragon. I can agree the cigar would go well with chicken. I don't really agree with tarragon. Yeah, I don't know. I wouldn't be able to pick that out on the lineup. <laughs> Just think, think very subtle licorice. Yeah. And it was only on the initial light. It, it subsided substantially. Mm. On the, yeah, the, the earthiness is kind of picking up as I'm getting into this. Yeah, very earthy. Very cr- there's a creamy, you know, base to it. It's got a really nice finish, and um, I'm not yeah, getting any earth either. Not getting any earth. None. No earth. No. no earth. Nice, hey, taste is no subjective. Pepper. You guys taste your earth. That's fine. That's right. You can taste your wh- dry white wine. <laughs> okay. That that taste is growing. Maybe you guys just don't drink enough wine. <laughs> that could be it. I don't uh, drink a whole lot of wine. I drink That's a fair true. amount. You drink a fair amount of wine? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm not like every night, but <laughs> I know my way around a wine. <laughs> All right. Well, Pastor Padron's Thou Shalt Not for this week. Uh, and this is a perfect cigar to, uh, that you really want to be careful with as, as far as what I'm going to say here. Pastor Padron's Thou Shalt Not this week is do not totally torch the foot of your cigar if you're using a torch with your torch. I see people, I see people take their, you know, torch and hold it right up to the foot and blast it. And there's flames going two, three inches on all sides of the cigar. Sometimes it's going up the side. You're seeing black streaks going up. That is not how you're, you know, a torch is, is, is a really 
too hot for a cigar, yeah. to be honest. Mm -hmm. And so you really want to hold it away and at an angle, and you don't want the flame actually touching the foot of the cigar. You want it to be able to kind of just toast it. You should be able to see it get red, see it get, you know, a little bit let smoky. Let it combust on its own. Basically. And let it combust on its own. You shouldn't need to just blast it so you see the tobacco melting away in the vastness of the heat of the uh, torch. Doing that can damage your cigar, and it can permanently ta change the taste that you're going to experience. So go a step. It's, it's like taking your steak and doing it well done. You know, it's going to change the flavor of that steak. Yeah, that's Absolutely. correct. It's called ruining the beef. Yeah. <laughs> uh, when you use a jet lighter, you should tip your cigar at a 45-degree angle with the head of the cigar being lower than the foot of your cigar because, as Dan pointed out, the jet flame coming out of that lighter can be as hot as, if you've got a four-jet lighter, you can be up to 1,200 degrees Fahrenheit. Mm -hmm. Tobacco, the ember itself, burns somewhere around 500 degrees Fahrenheit. So you want to get that excess heat to bounce off of the tobacco and up and away. And you don't want to trap it. If you hold the cigar the other direction with the, the foot of the cigar pointing down at the jet flame, you're going to trap the heat and you're going to cause those flames to roll around and scorch your wrapper. The flavor does change and you end up with that scorched taste. But worse than that, you're going to cause burn issues right out of the gate. Too many times Connecticut Shade smokers have come up mm. with their cigar and said, well, it doesn't burn right. And you can see the soot mark up the side. <laughs> and all you did was create a, a path of least resistance for that ember to burn down that scorched wrapper. Yeah. So you want to keep the, the flame above the Mason-Dixon line and roll the cigar around and keep moving the flame side to side so that you're not overheating any one area. That is absolutely correct. Very well said. And they're actually, uh, you, you're a proponent of the flat flame, right? You I like, like the flat flame. Flat flame burns much, much cooler around 800 degrees Fahrenheit, which is by the time the, flame, the heat escapes that flame, you've dropped down into your optimal burning temperature between five and 600 degrees Fahrenheit. Yep. Okay. Burns close Very to true. a match. And a match burns at what, five, 600? A match will burn close to 800. The, the yeah. Flat okay. flame and a match are about the same temperature. Okay. All right. Very cool. One of the things I, I really do like about this cigar is that uh, um, a portion of the price gets donated to St. Jude's uh, Children's Research Hospital. That's good, And yeah. so, you know, th this is not a, a cheap date cigar. It goes anywhere from 15 to 20 bucks, depending on the size. There are three sizes. But uh, when you know a part of that is going to uh, St. Jude's, mm -hmm. It, you know, you can, you know, you're getting a really good. This is a very good, high quality cigar. Yep. I don't feel like cheap, but, you know, knowing that there's some of the profits going there too. Yeah, it takes a little of the edge yeah. off of that. Yeah, the, the cigar edge. is named after Art Calasho, which he was a, a known, uh, well, he was a friend of Stephen Adib, the owner of the mm -hmm. brand. Right. But he was a philanthropist and his favorite charity was St. Jude's Hospital. Mm. And he uh, passed away, unfortunately, uh, several years ago. And so when this cigar came out as an homage to him, mm -hmm. the natural donation chain right. would be St. Jude's Hospital. That was his favorite. So that makes sense. It really is the spirit of art. Like Correct. Continuing with his spirit. Of yes. Right. In giving. every way. Yeah. Mm. Very, very good. Let's uh, talk a little bit about more about this cigar. Are you picking up anything new, different with that now that we've gotten about an inch into it? I mean, the flavors haven't really changed at this point. I'm just getting to maybe the second, third almost. Um, you want your second cup of wine yet? Yeah, right. <laughs> no. No? <laughs> Not even close. Not even close. No. If we had wine, I wouldn't even drink wine with a cigar. 
I mean, that you'd have to have a very specific cigar and a very yeah, specific I'm, I'm kind of with Eric Wentworth. He, he said that, you know, if he has a drink, he likes to drink the, the vodka, you know, and yeah. soda or Something whatever. Something that's kind of cleansing your palate in between puffs. That's, that's what I like. To, if I'm going to drink, you know, an alcoholic beverage with a, with a cigar, that's typically what I would do. Yeah, I really. I mean, I I'm into scotch too, but I don't mm. typically have scotch with the cigar. I mean, unless it's like with the guys, and you know, it's a social thing. But I'm not gonna like ruin the cigar by having competing flavors. I definitely drop the quality of cigar that I'm smoking if I'm pairing it with a scotch. Yep. Because you ruin, you really ruin both items. Mm-hmm. You you end up creating a smoky taste to a clean scotch. And if you're smoking a, if you're drinking like a, a Lefroy, peaty scotch like yeah. a Lafroig, you completely wash out the taste of the cigar altogether. Yeah. So something's got to give. One of the yeah. So I, I, I typically smoke very, very inexpensive stuff with uh, any pairing because it's very difficult. Uh, although I'm I'm a big red wine fan, and I do enjoy on the back deck if it's a nice night out, I'll have a glass of wine. But again, I'm not smoking an Atabay or Byron or a Spirit no, of Art no, no, no. out on the back deck because. The, the, even though the wine is much lower in alcohol content, mm-hmm. it's still that alcohol has a little sting to it, and it wipes your palate out. And, and certainly yeah. coats your tongue. I mean, it does. Yeah. Do you have a favorite cigar to go with the red wine? Uh, I'm a big fan of La Giana Maduro. Yeah, you want to go mm. something lighter. And again, mm-hmm. it's, nothing for me, body, it's, you know. it's the expense of it. So I'm going to smoke a $5 Maduro with a $5 glass of wine, and I'm okay. I'm not drinking an expensive bottle of wine with a cigar either you know if i'm okay. going to drink wine and enjoy the wine i enjoy it by itself and then afterwards i'll light up a cigar when the taste of the wine's gone gotcha gotcha hey uh let's get right into our top five today's top five brought to you by five five cigars choose from the mild white label medium strength red label or the full-bodied and full-flavored blue label siri five five has it all Five and five equals a perfect ten, and that's what you get every time with Five Five Cigars. Here is today's top five list. All right, today's top five list is a little bit fun, a little bit interesting. Some fun facts. We're going to talk about uh, the five most interesting things you probably don't know about the International Space Station. Oh, okay. Okay. And the International Space Station, if you don't know, is owned and run by the United States, Canada, Japan, Russia, and several other European countries who are, like the tobacco and the cigar, unnamed. Okay. Okay. So until we start up the Space Force, and then we're going to take it over completely. Right, right. right. That make up under, and it operates under the European Space Agency. (laughs) Okay. And... uh, um, there are some very interesting things about this. It's a it's a huge thing right now. It's a, about a football field long, and there's all sorts of modules attached to it. Mm-hmm. It's 460 tons right now. And here are a few things that uh, are really interesting about it. Number five. Number five the, that you probably did not know about the International Space Station is that it is actually falling. Yeah. Okay. There is gravity in space. Well, yeah. <laughs> gravity yeah. doesn't turn off. And the space station <laughs> is between 200 and 250 miles above the Earth, where gravity is about 90% as strong as it is on the Earth. And that's enough to send it crashing down to the yeah, planet. Yeah, they do adjustment burns every right. once in a while. Right. So, but it's spinning so fast mm-hmm. around, around the Earth it's that the speed at which it travels basically keeps it from yeah. falling. But they do have to do the adjustments and there's videos you can see right. of them doing it and how it affects them inside and it's kind of interesting. 
Yeah, yeah. It's actually going around the Earth about the same time, about the same speed as the moon. Mm. And the moon is also falling towards the Earth. I heard you know, the opposite. I heard the moon was getting further away from the Earth, that it's getting pulled out into space, and that in the next thousand years that we'll have to add an additional day to the calendar year. Lunar calendar. Oh, that's very interesting. Guess it all this on the top speed, five right? had yeah. that completely had that completely reversed. So we might have to have Aaron do a fact check. Ah, oh, whatever. <laughs> Where's <laughs> not, my boy Rudy? Not that interesting. <laughs> the moon. Not I don't that know. interesting. Okay. So uh, number four. Number four. Uh, the sun rises on the space station every ninety minutes. That's why they don't allow any roosters on the ship. That's just <laughs> <be> ridiculous. <laughs> One of the, you know, it's, 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 it's interesting, you know, some complications that has, though, is some of the uh, astronauts that have been on the space station have been, have been good Muslims. And, you know, they're supposed to oh, gosh, yeah. pray five, you know, times a day at certain times when the sun is in certain places towards Mecca. So they never And when it's up. going at no 90 minutes, done, yeah. you know, they start off and then Mecca's it's all the way over there. difficult to get any it's work very, done. <laughs> they actually had, they actually had to, the, you know, the plan it out, right? They, they had to plan. The well, they time. actually gave this the the astronauts basically look try and start towards Mecca, but don't worry about where it is when you finish your prayers. And mm. you know what? Instead of five, you can play pray three times. You know, you know, just do your best. Go like, <laughs> like North Pole. You know, when the sun's <laughs> never setting on the North Pole, it's like just go up there. We'll just, All the pillars of Islam just went out the down. window. Yeah. If you're on the space station, yeah, yeah, whatever. Just do whatever you can. <laughs> Sun rises every nine minutes. Okay, three. This is really interesting. I didn't know. It, uh, it makes sense, but these are some of the things you never think about. There's no laundry. Hmm. There's no laundry on the space So it's station. like a college dorm. Just yeah. smells how all the they, time. Uh, how do they wash their drawers? They don't. It is disgusting. They ejected don't. into space. They they, you know, because of the gravity situation and, yeah. the, and the controlled environment, you're not really sweating or perspiring, you know, mm -hmm. like you do down here. And so that's, they change change their clothes much. about every four days, hmm. every four days. And that then they go. And what's interesting, you know, the space station is always being, uh, you know, resupplied. Mm -hmm. Okay. But the resupply ship that comes up and brings the food and you know, all the equipment and, and, and the clothes. Sudoku, so you got to do so a lot of Sudoku, right? Yeah. Doesn't, doesn't actually go back to Earth. It, the, the pod just burns up as it goes in the atmosphere. So they actually load all of their dirty clothes into the resupply ship. And when it undocks, oh. it just burns up over the Pacific Ocean. So, <laughs> so, literally so, so when you wish clothes. upon a star, you might actually be wishing on somebody's dirty laundry. <laughs> somebody's dirty underwear burning away yeah, in the atmosphere. Not what others are for. Very interesting stuff. I would say after four days that mine become flame retardant, so <laughs> <laughs> they would end up hitting the ground. <laughs> have a Joe Dirt situation. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going there. Number two. Oh, there's a good segue. Number two, there are weapons. There are weapons aboard the International Space Station. Space Force. There, yep. we're ready. Are you yep. talking like swords there or are a couple shotguns? Of, there, are two, there are two guns on the International Space Station, and they it's are... It's good to see that they've seen aliens and they know what could happen. The they guns are designed to fire flares, shotgun... Not what I would expect. Rifle rounds... And also have uh, fold-out devices that can double as shovel, shovels or machetes. Okay. That's really what I call a party where I'm yeah. from. Yeah. So it, now, and, and what's really interesting is everybody 
has access to them all the time. Yeah, well, I mean, it's, if you're getting up to the ISS and you don't have security clearance, then <laughs> that'd be shocking. So. <laughs> you better hope nobody uh, has any problems or anything. But number one, number one, the number one thing you did not know about the International Space Station is... The toilet the astronauts use is dependent on their nationality. <laughs> In the early years of this uh, space station, astronauts, cosmonauts, you know, shared everything. Mm-hmm. But then the Russians started charging the other nations for the use of their stuff. If you want to use our food, if you want to use our restroom, we're going to charge you for the the, for that, I can see if you're sharing rations, you, you get a little compensation. That makes sense. But, I mean, uh, because it's the expense yeah, to get yeah, anything exactly. up there. The, you know, the food, Dropping food a deuce and, and it's going outside yeah. by vacuum. <laughs> Turning I, on the I vacuum. Don't see, <laughs> I don't see what the deal is there. Yeah. And, you know, like a prison, like handing cigarettes to each other. <laughs> you want to use it? Give me three cigarettes. Huh? So, like, what is it? <laughs> that started, kind of, that did not go over well with some of the other nations. Can you imagine so, why? Uh, you know, now, if you're Russian, there's a whole portion of the, the ship that only the Russians can go in, and that includes <laughs> their bathroom. Their bathroom. The U.S., anybody but the Russians can use, <laughs> can use their bathroom wow. and come out of So, there are actually different national, you know, the, Jap- the Japanese, U.S., and Russian. They all have their different spaces, and that, that's where you go to go. You can't just go anywhere you want on the space station. Well, I wouldn't want anybody just going wherever they want on the space station. Be proud of your nation's toilet. (laughs) There you go. I'd be, uh, yeah, I'd just be wearing Depends. (laughs) Just Just send it down in the shuttle. Just Just let it burn up. Leave it in the the trash and leave the lid open. (laughs) Take that, E.T. Wow. (laughs) Hmm. So I'm, I'm still getting some, you know, almost spicy cedar on this. Now, that may be the... the I, I could pick up cinnamon or cloves. Some of that now I'm, I'm beginning to think, may, you know, that may actually be there. Woody, nutty. There's a creamy component to this. Now, you guys broke my balls about the dry white wine, but some wine is aged in oak barrels. Yep. Yep. So you could have a dry, Oakiness. oaky yep. wine, and there could be the wood component that you're picking up which would tie into the dry wine that I've got. Yeah, I can agree to the oakiness, I guess. The, and, and actually, using wine to identify oak is probably the best way. Like if you get an unoaked bar, you know, bottle of wine and an oaked one next to each other, you can taste that difference, that slight almost vanilla flavor to really pick out, well, what does oak taste like? That, that's where you can figure it out. <laughs> He's so proud of himself right now. Pretty excited that Aaron agreed with me. Mmm. <laughs> Uh, Jonathan, are you picking up anything else with this? Or are uh, you sticking with your anise and yeah, tarragon? Yeah, that, and that uh, tarragon taste is much, much more muted, and I am picking up that oaky component. And on the finish, it's still cinnamon and clove, and then just a touch of white pepper without the burn. That White pepper has a very distinct flavor and it has a very distinct feel on your tongue and that's what i'm getting is the 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 aftertaste of white pepper and the feel of it 
definitely after I retro, I get that finish of white pepper <clears throat> on my tongue. Yeah, but there's, it's, a, it's a very pleasant, you know, light spiced retro. Yeah, yeah. I'm getting, it, you really get the clove on the retro, like mm. in the, the lingering um, finish. I just retro too hard. <laughs> oh. So I'm feeling it right now. No, but, um, oh, yeah, right in the back of my throat. Oh. Anyways, let's move on. Yeah, let's go to the break. <laughs> And uh, afterwards, we'll announce the actual of the week. We'll continue our thoughts on the Spirit of Art, the SOA 54 by Cuba Rica. We'll be right back. Don't go anywhere. In a time where humidors are overflowing and retailers' shelves are on the verge of buckling, there is one brand that stands out amongst the rest. Sereno Cigar Company offers four distinct blends. The Connecticut, the Medio, Maduro, and Maduro XX. The Sereno Royale Maduro XX, named number one cigar of 2016 by the Ashholes Radio Podcast, is a creation of elegance and sophistication. Crafted at the La Corona Cigar Factory in Esteli, Nicaragua, the Sereno Royale Maduro XX comes to life by the experienced hands of master blender Omar Gonzalez. Gonzalez Aleman and industry veteran Anthony Serena. To create this masterpiece, a blend of filler tobaccos from the fertile soils of Esteli and Jalapa are aged for over five years and then draped with a dark and luxurious Ecuadorian Habano Oscuro wrapper grown from the famed Habano 2000 seed to bring you an endlessly complex and full-bodied experience. A post-roll aging process of two additional years allow the blend to marry, creating unmistakable notes of rich cocoa, leather, and coffee that tantalize the palate, leaving you anticipating the next draw. Visit SerenoCigars.com for a list of retailers, and you can always find Sereno Cigars available at TwoGuysCigars.com. Bohemian is the original Brazilian big ring gauge cigar with the unfinished foot, curly-tailed head, and value, value, value. There is a Brazilian reasons to buy and smoke Bohemian, and here are just a few. Created in the Cuban tradition, this lush, dark Brazilian Maduro leaf surrounds a five-year-old Sumatra binder with Dominican and Nicaraguan well-aged long filler leaves. So, what should you expect from a Bohemian? A departure from the conventional, a flavorful journey into a sweet, nutty, almost caramel finish. Bohemian, the original, unconventional cigar. Take the journey. Stay tuned for more of the Ashholes. Yay! On the United Podcast Network. Cigar smokers, how about if we go over a few cigar store sounds? Can you guess what this is? Oh, yeah. You think you got it? Okay, do you know what this is? Now for the cigar. What do you think of this cigar? I'm lighting up a Lagiana Havana cigar. The Lagiana Havana natural cigars are, oh yeah, so smooth. And oh yeah, the Maduro version is a bit beefed up. But oh yeah, they're delicious too. When asked what my favorite cigar is, I always say it's Lagiana Havana. Oh yeah. In a world where the success of a cigar brand is recognized by its flavor, 
comes two that go head-to-head. One man smoking two cigars at the same time. Two rappers united in name, but separated by taste. One cigar known as the natural. The natural is no lightweight. It boasts full flavor and taste. The United Cigar Natural. Now comes the Maduro. Darker and even more bolder. With in-your-face flavor. United Cigar. Nothing could prepare you for what awaits you in the box. Both box pressed. Both 65 million years in the making. Uh, that may be wrong. Well, I'm going with it anyway. Action, adventure, and bromance. That's right. Bromance. United Cigar. Available in natural or Maduro. Available only at appointed United Cigar retailer shops nationwide. Rated D for delicious. Under 18, not admitted even with a parent. United Cigars. You don't have to choose. Smoke them both. In 1848, in honor of the English poet Lord Byron, a cigar brand named Byron was first created. Through three centuries, Byron has gone through many hands, but today it is back with the family that first created them. Returning to the early days, now the brand, in a very limited quantity, is produced in a small factory in Costa Rica. Nelson Alfonso offers three Byron blends honoring all three centuries of Byron, Siglo 19, Siglo 20, and Siglo 21. Other cigars sit in an aging room for 60 days, but every Byron cigar sits in an aging room for a period of at least one full year, then and only then into ultra-luxurious porcelain jars and state-of-the-art cigar humitubes packaging. Sure, Byron's packaging is unique and costly to produce, but nothing else will do for a cigar of this quality and taste. Byron Cigars. Cigars of poetry. Sophisticated. Byron. And welcome back to the Ashholes. You can find us on iHeartRadio, Facebook, YouTube, iTunes, Podbean, and Spotify. And be sure to follow us on Twitter at the Ashholes and on Instagram at Ashholes Radio. We are smoking the Spirit of Art, SOA 54, the five and three quarters by 54 Toro by Cuba Rica. And it is a really, really beautiful, smooth, mild mm-hmm. cigar. Yeah. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. Yeah. Thank you Man so much. Man of many much. words, and now the show's over. Yeah, Thanks for going. Good night. It Thanks was a short around. show today. Yeah, it, this has been uh, burning really smooth, too. Yeah, and the construction's straights, great. The construction's been fantastic. The amount of smoke has been really good. The draw has stayed really good. Um, the yeah. band is uh, not my favorite band, i got to say. I mean, it's the the face of this art. Uh, was it uh, Kalasho? Kalasho? What is it? The... Who it's named after. Yeah, it's um, um, Art Kalasho. Kalasho. Yeah. Uh, so if you passed it in the store, you might be like, oh, just move along. But it's actually, you know, it's it, don't let the band fool you. <laughs> it's, you know, yeah, it's much the cigar, cigar is much more it. high-end than yeah. what the band would, would it, dictate. Yeah, it, the, the colors, it just kind of is almost muddy, like a just kind of plain-looking uh, band. Well, I think I think that but, you, know, you know here's here's a cigar, a cigar, cigar the that's band. the homage to this you know great guy, but you know if you don't know who he was, yeah. this would never you just look at it and go oh well who's that? Yeah, it wouldn't catch your eye as, as something that you'd be like oh yeah I got to try this, but you know you shouldn't be picking your cigar based on the band alone anyway. Correct. But you know talk to your professional in the store. <laughs> right. Right. Or me. Yeah. Or whatever. Whatever. Whoever you can find. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, on that note, let's go to the ash hole of the week, which is uh, (laughs) this 19-year-old kid, Caitlin uh, Strom. And she last week was attending the uh, Winstock Music Festival in in, uh, Winstead near Minneapolis, uh, Minnesota, having fun, you know. and, And, you know, as you might expect at these music festivals, she got drunk. Oh, at okay. Huh? Yeah, way too many, you know, having this way happened. too much fun, and there's all sorts of things going on there. And she sees this truck with this oversized tailpipe. And she says to, she says to herself, you know what? I think my head could fit in that tailpipe. I think you're probably Let's right. try that out. And so she, in her drunkenness, stuck her head well, in the fair. tailpipe. She, just she might be, not have done that because she's drunk. She might have done it even if she was sober. That is we entirely possible. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> I'm not even going to argue that point. I mean, I, I do think this makes her the actual of the week. Anyway, she goes and she puts her, for the fun of it, puts her head in this tailpipe. Yeah, because that's a nice clean place to put your Yeah, so head. Yeah, that's exactly where you want to go. Now, the problem came when she realized she could not pull herself out of the tailpipe. Ah, now, here's my problem with this. How is it, as a, at 19, and I don't care how drunk you are at 19, how hard do you have to jam your head into an orifice to not be able to pull it out? You've got to be able to feel at some point, you know what, I've pushed too friggin' hard. Yeah, I mean, and this is why you shouldn't be drinking under the age of twenty-one. I imagine in my she opinion. had to push her ears in, and her nose had to be compressed some because that would stop it from being pulled out. Yeah, right? I think they should have just turned the engine on so to pop her head right out of there because yeah. that's just rev it. She's got it. She had it coming to her. It'd be and like an old uh, three stooges gag. To make matters better or worse, depending on how you think about it. Oh, they can only get her, better from here. There was a, 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 somebody who was watching this and said, oh, look at this. This is really dumb. And so he filmed the whole thing. Well, good for and him. Put it, and put it on Facebook. <laughs> and That's, you can see this video it. of the, the owner of this truck and, and the fireman trying to get her head I mean how hard was it for her friends pipe. to get their attention and be like help help my friend's exhausted it's I have like, well, tell never, her to take a nap I, and I have to tell you I was really impressed by the size of this tailpipe I mean it was the biggest tailpipe so like I've an ever seen kinda... it was it was huge mm. and but there's this girl sticking out of the end of the tailpipe and it took the the Did, fire are we department. talking she got past her ears yes imagine yeah. all the way to her shoulders wow head and neck inside the tailpipe <sighs> and it took the fireman 45 minutes. They had to cut the tailpipe off. They had to cut, they had to cut her out of the tailpipe. Man, it's probably still not See, the worst place somebody's been at that festival, though. But. So, you know, and, and of course, so she, she gets out of the, of the tailpipe, you know, in the end and is asked to leave the festival because, <laughs> you know, yeah. uh, you just ruined somebody's truck. And, and by the way, you were oh, underage, underage drinking. Underage yeah. drinking so they ask her to leave. She is not at all ashamed of this. I blame she, the she, guy with the oversized tailpipe. How big do you need your friggin' tailpipe? <laughs> yeah, that's another argument. I mean, you're just that's asking a- for some 19-year-old <laughs> DB to stuff her head in there. You just get a smaller tailpipe. And I imagine it's to make it louder, right? Right. So... Now, if you were said that it was a motorcycle and he had loud pipes, I believe loud pipes save, save lives. lives. But yeah, you just got a truck. You're just that, being yeah. obnoxious. Yeah. yeah. 
So, I think that guy's the asshole of the week. <laughs> well, yeah, you could make now you could make an argument for that appealing, because you know? in the end, she she took a picture of herself holding the tailpipe with the owner of the truck, and posted that on her Facebook. Page. Uh, excuse me, sir. I, I, I understand that I just cost move. you thousands of dollars in repairs to your vehicle. Would you mind taking a selfie with me so I can tweet this mm. later? And I bet you if she if she goes to college someday, <laughs> she'll probably show that off. You know? <laughs> but this this video went viral on social media and stuff. It's still on YouTube and stuff like that. And you can hopefully she look got a it ticket. up. And I just you know for sticking your head into the tailpipe of a truck just because you want to see if your head fits. To me, that makes you rational. You don't even want to put your head near it. I mean, come on. Like, Why would you want to stick your head up the have, How many pipe? times have we heard about kids with their heads in the bars? I mean, yeah. you just know, kids, you should know. Small children, toddlers get their heads stuck places. With the slightest amount of intelligence going on. I mean, I, I'm talking about an IQ over, over four. Not years old. An IQ over four. You shouldn't be sticking your head in anything. Right. Right. And certainly I can think of a lot, I, you know, I, if you get your head stuck, you know, between the banisters or whatever, you know, maybe you were playing, fooling around, but yeah, to yeah, put your yeah. head into a tailpipe, which is just dirty, Na- yeah. nasty, dirty, dirty toxic. greasy, toxic. Yeah. yeah. That's, I, why would you even bother trying? My brother got his head stuck between the bars uh, on, in the, the railing, but it was because he was, he was just resting there, kind of taking a break, just and I pushed back. him. And that oh, is how he got his head so stuck in. So you got his head stuck in. I got his head stuck in. And that, that would not make asshole of the week. But no, that would be like, that's fair game. If he stuck his head in there, that's on purpose. That's a great story to tell, you know? There you go. He doesn't like it when I tell it, but whatever. <laughs> well, does he listen to this podcast? No, Probably he doesn't. No, so you can listens. tell it all. Yeah. He has a dumb phone. I, th- I swear to God, his cell phone has a rotary dial. He's very anti-technology. <laughs> Excuse me, I got to go plug this into the wall. Right. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Anyway, there you go. Asshole of the week. Uh, now, we don't have a Miles with Styles this week. She's on vacation. She's mm-hmm. in uh, South Dakota. You know, again, that's where the, the, her Lakota tribe, she's, you know, Lakota Indian. That's where she's from. She was at uh, Standing Rock this morning in South Dakota. Beautiful place. Yeah. But uh, she's out hiking and everything. But uh, I thought, you know, we'd talk about, um, you know, did you smoke anything special for Father's Day? Jonathan? I lit up a Byron Grand Poema mm. because that is my favorite cigar of all time. And The white uh, box or the, the white, tube? The white box. The white, the white box. box, yeah. It's it's like smoking hot chocolate. It's amazing. I have to agree. That is the best cigar I've had in my life. I've been smoking for 20 years. And you know, I typically like something with a little bit more body. I like a more full-bodied cigar, but there is so much going on with that. Well, don't don't play the part amazing. of Dave Garofalo right now and confuse body strength and strength. And, yeah. <laughs> you like stronger cigars because that cigar is definitely full-bodied. It's like a full-bodied glass of red wine. It, there's a lot going it's on. It's a lot of mouthfeel. Yeah. The flavor on it, you couldn't get more flavor packed no, into that I mean, cigar. We've done it on the show, and there's so no. much complexity to it. There's but so much it's going not... On. Overly strong. It's a solid medium. Yeah. By the time you get to the band, you could argue it's medium plus. Yeah. But I agree, you do like, tend to like cigars that are stronger than that. But flavor-wise, you'd be hard-pressed to I get something more flavorful. Totally yeah. agree. There's so much flavor in that cigar. It's, it's amazing. I also smoked on Father's Day, and it's a drastic contrast, but the 2283 Corona, 
22 North by 83 yep. West. Great cigars. Great cigars. And the, they sometimes are, are hit or miss depending on the batch that comes in. And the batch that recently came in, the Corona is, it's like popping Tic Tacs, man. You can't just smoke <laughs> one. They're phenomenal. And the other one I, I smoked, I'm a little embarrassed to say, Toscano has those fire-cured cigars. So they're dry-cured. They don't need humidification. Right. Mm-hmm. So I had smoked one on the way up to play tennis two weeks ago. Like the Clint Eastwood style. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I left it on the, the crux of the banister coming down my front steps. And uh, on Father's Day, my wife and I went up to play tennis again. And it was still there. It's two weeks old. And I said, well, it doesn't need humidification. It's been rained on. The sun's beating on it. Oh it part of it's bleached out. I grabbed it. Lit it up. It tasted exactly the same <laughs> as when I left it there. And I'm not saying I'm a fire-cured uh, tobacco guy. I mean, t- something tasting exactly the same when it's abused and when I, it's in good shape. Aaron, not when, I say, good when I say abused, <laughs> this, well, man, I mean, if the dog had peed on it, it might have been worse. But, it tasted the same. Like, <laughs> but I'll tell you, that cigar is for a, a very inexpensive smoke. When you're in the mood for some fire-cured taste, it's delicious. It is delicious. Okay. Have you ever had those? I have not. No. We might have to do I that. I highly on the show recommend. Sometime. And what's cool about them, they come in a, in a, in a kind of a long cheroot, maybe like six s- inches long. Split them, right? Mm-hmm. You can cut them in half, mm-hmm. and they don't come unraveled because, again, it's dry cured. So that tobacco is almost petrified together. <laughs> That's a good way to put it. But you, you, you can, I just smoke mine just regular straight because now that I know I get two weeks worth of smoking enjoyment <laughs> yeah. out of it. I mean, the tennis court is Leave them in your car, you know, a seven-minute walk. So I smoke right, for seven right. minutes up. I put it down. We play tennis for an hour. I smoke it for seven minutes back, and I set it on the banister. So I get, I get a couple of weeks out of one anyways. Oh, a couple of weeks out of one. I'll check them out. I'll check it out. <laughs> yeah, I've had them. They're really, they're surprisingly, you know, good. I did not think I was going to enjoy it. But like a yard gar. <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was a good, Take you know, 25, 30-minute cigar. Nice. Uh, you know, Father's Day, I had, I, I started with a uh, uh, Maduro um, Aladino Elegante. It's their Lancero cigar. Uh, I bought a box, brought it home, and that was a great start. I love that cigar. It's got that. How many chores did that cost you? Was that? Well, that was. Uh, a three-chore box, <clears throat> a four-chore box? No, that was that was not the cigar. A lawnmower? Yeah, I, and I, if you pay your kids more, you can have better cigars. I bought a couple. That's I, a good point. Actually. You're in control of that. I bought a couple of Byron uh, Poemas, and those were the uh, uh, cigars with the chores. There you go. And those those cost. Those cost them some good good time. <laughs> some sweat and tears now. Yes, <laughs> yes. But uh, I started off with that. Then I had a, um, a uh, Romacraft uh, Aquitaine Anthropology. Mm-hmm. And then ended it with the uh, Byron Poema. And that was r- just a great way to end the day. Uh, that's, it's just such a great cigar to kind of cap off a nice, nice day at home. You know, we barbecued some steak, some pork chops, you know. And, of course, this is one of the we, – I think we talked about this last week. On Father's Day, the fathers end up doing all this work, cooking – Grilling, doing you're, all this stuff. I know. What you're is doing, Mother's Day? When you, have mother, when you have Mother's Day, <laughs> you all go out somewhere nice and everybody. But on Father's Day, the father is expected to go out there and grill. I'm going to say, Dan, that you're doing it wrong then. Because <laughs> I didn't do a damn thing on you didn't Father's do your Day. Di- 
I smoked cigars. I had a couple of libations. We played tennis because I wanted to play tennis. That was my day. Well, I had, the only thing I had to do was cook the steak and the pork. Other than that, I refused to do anything else. But it was really good. I, lo- I loved, I loved uh, sitting around on the porch smoking those things. I've got this great porch, you know, screened-in porch. Mm-hmm. It overlooks a perennial garden in my backyard, mm-hmm. and that's blooming from early spring to late fall. It's always changing. It's just fantastic. Nice. Nice. Did you smoke anything on Father's Day? Not on Father's Day. My father's not into cigars, so mm. I was going to bypass that. But I did smoke this week uh, an unusual one for me, uh, Monte Cristo Epic uh, Craft Cured. Hmm. Or is it cured craft? It's craft cured. Uh, I was, you know, I've had it for a while, and it's, you know, Monte Cristo is not my go-to. It's, it's, you know, they have a reputation for people that are really into cigars, and it's not Cuban. It's, you know, yeah. I think it's Nicaraguan. I looked it up afterwards. Uh, I was really impressed with it. Hmm. It had some great flavors going on. It was, you know, the predominant thing, was it tasted like a natural peanut butter. Uh, so it really surprised me that with the amount of flavor going on, I looked it up afterwards, and it turns out it's made by Placencia. So mm. and then it's like, okay, it makes sense why it's so good. Um, <laughs> but, you know, it's, it's one of those cigars I would usually overlook just because it's yeah, Monte had, Cristo. I have know. smoked that one a couple of times, and I, I have found overwhelmingly that by sitting on them for a reasonable amount of time, six months or so, maybe I probably longer, had it for about six months, maybe more. Yeah, uh, that, so the, it calms it down. I, I find that right out of the box, they are a little aggressive for my palate. Mm. I, and I do... I have a history of smoking milder cigars, but as of some recent discoveries that we're doing some experiments on the Cigar Authority, I've discovered that I can smoke much stronger cigars by smoking Slow slower. Mm. That particular one still, it's almost like it's underdone. It needs that extra time. Like they, they rushed it to market a little bit, mm-hmm. uh, but you did the right thing by sitting on it for By a accident, bit. yeah. <laughs> right. That's cool. That's great to know. So what is the uh, final verdict on the... Uh, SOA 54 by Cuba Rica. Uh, I'm going to give it a thumbs up. Okay. Yeah, I had it before, and I think I probably rushed it a little bit more, and it, just, it was to get more of a char when that first time I had it. But, mm-hmm. you know, the, there's a lot of flavors <laughs> going on. It's, there's, there's some complexity to it. It changes it up as you go along. Uh, really enjoyable. Yeah, thumbs up. All right. I'm going to give it a thumbs up, too. This has had some really kind of unique flavors for a, a milder Connecticut, and uh, that black pepper, white pepper, the, the kind of a spicy cedar and, and uh, all those other flavors we've been talking about, just really, really complex. Hmm. And, you know, it has stayed, you know, as far as strength goes, a very mild cigar. Yeah. yeah. Maybe low, low end of medium. Maybe, maybe medium. Yeah. Uh, at this point, I'm, I think I'm, what, about an inch further along than yourself? Yeah, maybe. Yeah. And it's, it may be approaching medium, but, you know, this is a, this is a very good, enjoyable cigar. And size matters in this line. Uh, I find that this particular one, the 54, is quite a bit better than the 56 and the 52, which would be the Robusto. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other one is not quite a Churchill, but uh, this is the better of the, the three sizes, in my opinion. And I'm probably two boxes in at this point. Mm. Um, it is a go-to, although... Myself, I'm leaning more away from Connecticut cigars and getting more into the sun-grown thing now that I'm smoking a little slower. Mm-hmm. But this is something that I know I can I can kick back and when I'm when I want something that's going to be very very mild, it's very good. 
what is it about this size that you think makes it smoke better for you? The For starters, the burn is better. Not that there's problems with the burn on the thicker one, but the thicker one gets a little more wavy than this does. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I just find that the thinner ring gauge doesn't work as well because the the smoke just seems a little bit too intense mm. okay. in that thinner that thinner format. Yep. See, so yeah, I've had the Robusta before, and that was my impression of it, that it was just a little bit too harsh. Yeah. I hate to use the word harsh. Yeah. It's, it's $15 cigar, but yeah. it's not harsh. <laughs> not harsh. But, <laughs> but it is, it, it, it's a little bit more intense for me, and I prefer this particular size in this line. Hmm. All right. Well, next week, we're going to be kicking it back up. Oh, yes. We are going to be smoking the, what will be then the newly released Mikarita Firecracker by Dunbarton Tobacco and Trust, Steve yeah. Saka's uh, cigar, making it for uh, Dave Garofalo, and it is a three and a half by 50 ring gauge cigar, mm-hmm. and I'm looking forward to trying Yeah, that. I've been looking They're forward to this sale since before Monday, we knew it was going to be Mikarita. <laughs> yep. If you so. happen to be close to the Salem location, because we are smoking it on Saturday, that's uh, right. will the be available during the show only for anyone that would like to smoke along with us, and then they're being put away until Monday for the official release. Mm-hmm. I believe they're going to be six ninety nine for the single and one nineteen ninety nine for the box of 20. That is correct. Mm-hmm. Yep. So if you're around, you're going to want to be here for the Scar Authority. Oh, yes. That's going to be a great show. So get the two guys and pick one of those things up. That's the only place they're going to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, you could also order them from twoguyscigars.com if you're not local. But make sure come Monday you order them go so quick. that you have them next week. They're, they're it's limited to quick. 500 boxes, right? That's it. 500 boxes were made, and that's it. Mm-hmm. So... It's going to be a great show next week. I'm really looking forward mm. to that. Make sure you have one with us. All right. You have been listening to The Ashholes, unfiltered cigar radio, broadcasting from the Sereno Royale stage at the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe. You can download this and any episode you may have missed on iHeartRadio, Facebook, YouTube, iTunes, and Podbean, and Spotify. And be sure to follow us on Twitter at The Ashholes and on Instagram at Ashholes Radio. We'll see you next week. The views and opinions expressed by the hosts, guests, or callers of this program do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe, the United Podcast Network, its partners or affiliates.